On today's episode, Dave interviews Julie Brister. Julie has been on Parks and Recreation, The New Normal, Conan, Reno 911, Little Britain USA. She's a teacher at UCB in Los Angeles and has directed dozens of shows throughout the U.S. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. Like right now, is, I feel like it's the golden age of television. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. I think it's the golden age of access. Oh, maybe, but like, there's so many great shows on cable. Like, That's true. They, like it's so it's a very exciting time with TV. There's I think a so lot too. Of great shows, and there's a lot of garbage. Oh, there's always going to be garbage. I think that, that some the, of that garbage is enjoyable. Uh, what are you garbaging? Um, well, I don't really, I don't really real housewife it anymore. Mm-hmm. But Bravo occasionally, the first season of a Bravo reality show is pure joy to me <laughs> because they haven't figured it out yet they haven't figured out their stupid fucking formula right, right. and and or well, actually the first season of many reality shows i think the first season of everything for the first episode of a shitty show is just hysterically awful where they're so into exposition where it's like i know jerry that you just came back from the afghanistan war and look at your awesome bar in the basement of this <laughs> single room occupancy hotel right yeah it's and, all, and i hope that your wife hell. doesn't come in eleanor what are you doing <laughs> oh yeah pilots are awful pilot i just recently watched the first pilot of i watched the pilot episode of cheers Oh, uh, I did too. Fairly recently, yeah. Because yeah, I was, I've been, I, yeah. Occasionally, occasionally, I will watch. Why? It why did you watch it? Uh, I, I, I loved it, uh-huh. and I'd missed it, and I hadn't seen. And I used to watch reruns all the time, mm-hmm. and I don't have a TV anymore. Mm. So I watch everything online. You don't have a TV anymore. No, isn't that interesting? No. I hardly ever watch this thing. Yeah, um, I, I watch, watch everything on my computer. I have an i. I have my iMac. I love it. I have a laptop. I love it. I love it. I have an iPad. I love it. I love my phone. I love my fucking phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I'm I sorry. Anybody who says there were people, there was a photograph that somebody had of um, there was. So imagine being on the back of a of a of a of a bus, uh, a, CT, a CTA. You're coming from Chicago, a bus, uh-huh. and there were somebody took a picture of three people on their iPhones or their phones, <laughs> like on the aisle seat, and all three people were reading. Were reading, and the guy went, oh, "Look at that." I'm thinking, so the fuck what? Would you take a picture of that if people were reading uh, paperbacks? Right. They, they they could be reading a Mary Higgins Clark book. Exactly. And it's no different. <laughs> That's the way I feel about it. It's no so different. Feel like... Or they could be reading like the Penny Saver. It is. It's honestly no different. We're looking at something. The the place where I notice it is like at class, and we have a break. And instead of talking to each other, people retreat. And I do too, retreat into their phones. Right, I do and, too. And, and then slowly it becomes social again. But right. like it's that, that to me is a stranger, is, is, is an odd, like uh, uh, an odd thing uh, because they're right back in it. Right. Right, like, right back in the, in the phone? Into the phone, yeah. Right, right back into right. like who, who, is, who has said something or who has tried to contact me or did anybody contact me? And it like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It like doesn't... remember when you remember when you would remember people's phone numbers, right? And it's like I know my number and my parents' number because you live there, right? Well, not yeah. I know my number because it's my number. I know my parents' number because uh, they've lived there long enough. And but you didn't live there. You didn't live then. You didn't live. That wasn't your phone number. Ever. No, that was not my phone number growing up. But I uh-huh. remember that too. Right. And uh, and I remember my teen line number. Right. 
What's I, that? What is it? Oh, the, uh, the lot you had your own. Yes, really? Like I totally, I remember, I remember that number, but I don't remember or I don't know anybody's numbers. No. And I feel like, wow, we're. I've got to start learning people's numbers. Why? So when I have a head injury but, and oh, I've okay. lost my phone, right? I can say, call. But if you have a head injury, there's a lot more things that you're gonna need other than to know what your aunt's phone number is. Right. But, well, not my aunt. Like that. The number of of the per, my emergency contact. Got it. I should learn. Who we is should that? all learn our Who is that? Uh, probably my friend Richard. Do you know it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Is it's, it in your it's phone? It's a two under, three. It's in my uh, phone. Uh, uh, under ICE? <laughs> See, that's an easy thing to do. Yeah, yeah. You could just ICE the hell out of there that thing. <laughs> I, but I But I look at all that stuff and I feel like everything is changed everything that we grew is everything let's see transportation has changed um yeah. the uh, entertainment has changed mm-hmm. um food has really changed food is food has changed so so much like it, it's it's extraordinary when you think about it like how eating eating cleanly or like eating very very simply as being as it's the oldest thing in the world, and yet it's the newest thing in the world. My mother loved cream of mushroom soup and right. things. Right, like right. everything came was packaged and came out of a box. Right, and yeah. You know. I also feel like I I don't know when the last time you had Chinese food, but Chinese food used to be so exotic, and now it's like really we're gonna have Chinese food. Yeah. Why would we have Chinese food? Well, I guess it depends on the Chinese food. Well, if you... So much Chinese food, expre- excuse the expression, is jizzy. It's like broccoli <laughs> and a jizz sauce. Yeah, you know, yeah, and you go... Yeah. Mm-hmm. An oyster jizz sauce. An oyster jizz sauce. <laughs> and you know how hard it is to milk an oyster? It's really, really hard to do oyster husbandry. Um, but the idea of... Of, of like all those sauces instead of like Thai food. And you remember when Thai food used to be like, we're going out for Thai. Oh, right. would be exciting. Yeah. Like it's, you know, living in New York. That's right. You live in New York. Where Chinese food is, is really good. Right. And you don't have to go to Chinatown to get good Chinese food. Like Chinese food is so good. And then moving here where it's not that Chinese, it's not that it's bad, but it's like hometown Chinese food. This is something I used to talk about with a friend of mine. Like in my hometown, there was a Chinese place that was in an old A&W root beer uh, uh, spot. And it was home. It was like a slightly Americanized. Right. Lots of like nuclear sweet and sour chicken or sweet and sour pork. <laughs> and I loved it. And that's what I find you have more of here in spades. It's so, like that cozy, small town America Chinese food. I love that the Chinese restaurants here are also donut shops. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's huge. Chinese and donut Mom's shops. Mom's Chinese and donut. Yeah. That's... Mom's Chinese and donuts. Right. When you move here, like when I moved here, all I noticed was like the trees and pastrami and donuts everywhere. Certainly. Like Mexican joints have pastrami. Right. It's the place I ate yesterday had pastrami tacos. Mmm. What? I know. Where's that? <laughs> Well, it's not really a Mexican place. It's like a diner. Uh huh. Yeah. Pastrami Pastra- tacos. They have pastrami tacos. God damn it! They called them Reuben tacos. Really? Yeah. 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 And Wait. like, part, like, honestly, like, uh, uh, that appealed a great deal to me, and I really debated. I was like, do I want to do this? <laughs> do I? Do I? Is this something? Is this going to happen? Like by myself? Am I going to be the lady in the diner in the corner eating? eating? Pastrami and tortilla. So what was the Reuben part of it? Oh, it had sauerkraut. Mm. 
and Swiss cheese. On a taco. Mm -hmm. So what mm -hmm. made it not a Reuben sandwich? Just the taco tortilla. shell? Just a tortilla. That's a tortilla. all. Yeah. That's they, it. It was a Reuben in a tortilla, basically. I don't think it had coals. Well, maybe it did have coleslaw. That sounds goddamn delicious. Doesn't it? That Doesn't sounds it? goddamn delicious. Does it, like, shouldn't we be able to have Reubens every day? I like, love... Why, why do they have to be so bad for I us? Well, you know what I do? I do the turkey Reuben thing, and not that it's all that much better, but at the same time... You know, or, uh, or with turkey pastrami. Mm. Oh man, I, my, my uncle used to hate. Did not go to Cantor's. Did you have you Cantor's? I've been to Cantor's. I'm not impressed by Cantor's. I see. I love the location of Cantor's. Yeah, I love the I, I love the idea and the look of Cantor's. I right. don't like the food so much. Do you like Langers? Yeah, I like Langers much, much. Better. People love And I want to go to the new place that's in Grand Central Market. Uh, oh, right. They just yeah, opened you that heard it, up. I forgot what it's called, yeah, but it's yeah. like Moxie's or something. Yeah. yeah. Maxie's, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It I love that great. Grand Central. I love LA. Do you yeah. like LA? I love LA, Dave. I love it so much. I love it. I, I, I loved it before I got here, but like when I moved, it was like, I've got to love it. Did you say you've got go to back? love it, or did you say, I'm going to grow to love it? No, I, I, like, from the beginning, uh -huh. from the, in the car moving here, I was like, I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it because I have to because right. I'm not going to go back to fucking New York. Right, so right. It's like, this right. has got to work. And it, it, it's been a journey, but I, I've never not loved L.A. Don't you also, I mean, for me, a lot of what I talk about here is the journey to where we are right now, and not necessarily just the chairs that we're sitting in, but just the journey that took us oh, yeah. to this. And I look at it, and I haven't really, uh, and I haven't really talked about it in a while, but I used to talk about it all the time. Can you fucking believe what you're doing right now? Oh, my high school reunion was last weekend, and I didn't go. I didn't go, but and part of it, part of it, it's like I just can't relate because I don't think any nobody's doing nobody's doing what I'm nobody's living the life that I'm living, mm -hmm. and I don't like really care about maybe some of the lives that they're living right. that much. Right. And I was like, this would just be such a chore. It's going to be su it's such a chore to kind of explain to somebody who doesn't get it who you where, are where is this in New York no 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 this is in Texas oh right you're Texas mm -hmm. oh my god in, yeah, you're and, Texas and I would look at the pictures and like people looked great people look great but I'm like wow these women have they have outfits right like they they have they they have they all wear the same narrow sandal right and they're all like a little red like <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it just it just I don't I don't I, I what city Lubbock Lubbock okay yeah which Lubbock. is weird in itself the whole Texas thing I you know I know a lot of people I got a lot of listeners in Texas but I feel like so many of them are going I'm so sorry I'm sorry about our state I'm really really sorry oh I'm only sorry about the politics that's and the what religion. I'm talking about that's what I'm talking I'm, about that's the that's the that's all the, the rest of it I love but they're human beings but you yeah. remove the politics and the religion from most people yeah. and I think they're fine but then you add that and you go what is wrong with you why do you feel that way about certain people and why are you getting your nose in everybody else's Underpants. Oh well, that's that's, that's... a phrase I did not. I, that's a phrase I I'm playing with it. It might not work. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I hated it when I lived there. Man, I just fucking hated it. And but 
If I if I didn't have friends who were Republicans, like I wouldn't have had any friends. Right. Like growing up, everybody like, and especially where I was, which is super hardcore, uh, uh, socially conservative. Right. And and certainly uh, religious. For me, it's the religion. Right. The religion is the is the poison is the poison well. I think that it it stops. I was just in Salt Lake City working with some people. I mentioned this in a podcast a couple of days ago, um, and there was a woman there who was just who. The first thing I did was I sat. I first thing I did with everybody was I said, "Look, um, I feel like I don't want you to have a governor on anything that you're doing." So, because you know, I Wait, travel around. Don't. I don't want you to have a governor uh-huh. on anything that you're doing. I ah, want you to know uh-huh. that the moment that we walk into this space, this is a sanctuary. But it's not a sanctuary like your church is a sanctuary. It's a sanctuary of your, your of your artistic freedom. Uh-huh. This is a sanctuary of your unfolding and friendly involving of that. So, any religious thing. I didn't say this, but I said anything that is going to stop you from making that choice because you're afraid that you're going to go to hell, or you're afraid that you're going to make uh, that you're going to hurt somebody's feelings, or whatever that's going to be. I want you to release that. Oh, and that was liberating. my way of saying yeah. to them that religion is a governor that is an artificial governor on the creative process. And oh, a yeah. woman sent me an email saying, I have been wondering how to, how, how, how to do that. And you, and you opened my eyes to that. The idea that I can still be, I can still have my love of my, my God, um, whatever, and still have my art. And it's a matter yeah. of going, those two things are not mutually exclusive. Right. And that is the hardest thing, creatively, I think that's the hardest thing for people who do have uh, uh, religious ent- entanglements. It's also, it's like I'm talking about a certain, I'm not talking about religion, I'm talking about a, a specific frequency of, of, uh, of fundamentalism. I, I, I get that too, and yet I still, not yet, I get that too, and I think that the Mormon also is of, of that. Oh, yes. So in Salt Lake City, you've got that. Right. That, there's there's that, but like growing up, like Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. right. Church of Christ, right. so intense. And then when you move to New York, it's like certain Catholics. It's like just, just, ah, right. ah, just obsessed with the most negative aspects of their religion. Just obsessed with sin and right. obsessed with like, like what everybody else is doing. And it shows also, how unhappy those people must be and who and, and how deeply deeply unhappy they must be and and scared oh yeah yeah they love their fear they love they their love fear. their fear down there i think they i think people love their fear wherever they are i really mm-hmm. think that people love their fear because it's it, there's a comfort in yeah. knowing there's a comfort in saying oh i can't do that right, unknown I can't. Right. That's exactly what it is. Right. It's like it's their blankie. And it's and it's also I can't because I can't because I'm not allowed to, or I can't because somebody is watching me and seeing that and is judging me in that way. And how in the world can you be creative if you feel like somebody's looking over your shoulder all the time? Yeah. Or and that same. I mean, I think that you said it like judgment. How can you be creative and worry about what other people think? There is no, I've said this before, there's, there's no art, piece of art that you can point to that was created through the union of inspiration and ego. 
you can't, everything that you see, everything in my apartment is just about, there's a freedom to that which I have placed out there, uh, which, which I've, I've displayed or I've created or I've bought or I, whatever it is mm -hmm. that is just about me saying, I like the way that fucking thing looks. And nobody is going to tell me what that, that I should or should not do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, that's, and that's, and do you feel... You feel unencumbered? I feel unencumbered. I mean, there, there are very few things that cumber me. You know, I, <laughs> you know there are very few things that cumber me. And uh, uh, maybe there are very few things that, that I feel unencumbered. I feel and don't you feel like that's also part of, like, aging? Like, getting older? Mm -hmm. Like, just, like, letting go, letting go of the shit that, that has held you hostage for so long. Like, Clearly. I feel things, I just feel like I just let things buy ambition you know I just kind of let things go as do you I think that by, move along. like for me that's very interesting the idea of ambition do you say buy ambition because I I I think that I do oh I I'm not interested in being I have to I have to say like I I still have I, I still feel competitive mm -hmm. you know occasionally but like I uh uh, ambition is not that interesting to me now. Like, like that idea of like I gotta do this. I've gotta. I gotta. Like in in, in L. A. It's all about like you know, socializing on, on on a certain level. It's like I gotta go to that party. Oh my god! I've, I've, I've got to like. So somebody's gonna be there, or like I've got to meet that person, and it's like, I could give a shit. Right. I could give a shit. I can't wait to get home. And play with my dog. Right. It's probably one of the reasons that you live in Mount Washington. Yeah, that's a good reason. That's a great reason because I have a view. Right. And you also, you know, I'm too far away. I'm, you're, that you're, you're there. Yeah. And it's like, this is, you decided that you didn't need to be, like, I'm, I'm in the mix, but I don't, I live in the mix, if I wanted to say that, but I don't feel like I live in the mix. Now, I want to get back to the idea of the, the word ambition, because I know why it popped in my head, because there's that phrase, replace ambition with gratefulness. The idea mm. of, what's the point? I mean, just be here now. And what you're saying is, that is a product of age two, to say, what what are the sum of my, what is the sum of my ambition? Like all the all the things that I've ever that I felt like oh I have the ambition to do that. Have I done those things? Have I really done those things? And in my not doing them, which I know I haven't, in my not doing them, how does that make me feel? Does mm -hmm. it make me feel like I'm less? Does it make me feel like I'm lacking? Does it make me feel? How does it make me feel? And for me, I was ambitious, and it it killed me. Ah, and w w at what point did did ambition break you? Ambition, it wasn't that it broke me, it was, well, it wasn't that, it wasn't that it broke me. Or where it was, did you lose it? Well, what happened was, this is it, it wasn't that it broke me, it was that something else came up that reminded me of why I'm alive. And that was a play called The Master Margarita that somebody wrote, because I was struggling really hard out here. I had gotten a lot of work when I first came out here from Chicago, and then it dried up. And I then decided, and somebody asked me to be in this play. And this play opened in April and it closed in October. It was sold out every single night. Oh, and I awesome. loved the part and I met some awesome people. And it was this feeling of, oh, wait a minute, I'm not a struggler. I'm an artist. I am here to be that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at that moment I realized, oh, oh, that, all that ambition took me away from being in the moment because it kept me looking ahead or it kept me comparing all those things. 
I think that's that's a, a great reminder. And how 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 long after moving to LA did that happen? Um, I want to say probably eight years. So you've kissed ambition or that kind of ambition goodbye a long time. Yes, ago. and then in my kissing that goodbye, uh, what I embraced to keep that metaphor going um, was was me. Oh, oh Dave, you found Dave. <laughs> I found Yay. Dave. I've been all around the world, and I've also been to me. Uh, but, this, but, yeah, but you've done the same <laughs> thing. And then Joni, Joni Mitchell comes out. And yeah, sure, strums. sure. I would love for her just to come out and sing. Blue. It's like, no, we're not singing that album. Um, uh, but that happened to you, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when uh, it, it, I, started, I started working as an actor later. Mm-hmm. So I, I uh, uh, trained as an actor and moved to New York and then worked jobs, like mm-hmm. got jobs and got sucked into, you know, got sucked into the glamorous world of, of subscriber services at the New York Philharmonic and then secretarial <laughs> jobs and, right. and um, temping right. and making a living. Right. And then I, I would take acting class and be like, why aren't I doing this? And then I'd end up hating my acting classes after a while because they can be so full of shit. Oh my God, so much so. And... And then I ran into a friend who, uh, at that time, he 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 was married to a woman who was working at Catch. Catch was Catch and uh-huh, Star right, was still open, right, right. and uh, he was faxing in jokes like to update. We can update, mm-hmm. and he told me he was like, "You need to take, you should take improv." And I didn't really know what that was at all, you know, at that point, which kind of like that's sad, but it's uh, I I had I didn't know about Chicago. I didn't know anything. And he was like, you could go to Chicago City Limits, right? Uh, or you could go to the Upright Citizens Brigade. And uh-huh. Chicago City Limits had a space in like the worst I part of New York. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Or what worst, street was that? It was. It was on First Avenue and right. like 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 60th. It was just like a dead zone. No, that I, nobody yeah. ever wants to go to. It was a nice theater, though. Yeah, it was. It was an old movie theater. Yeah, you know, it was a nice was, theater. But it was also just there was something dirge like right. about like the 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 walk there. The, it just the, the stage was too high. Right, that's so exactly it. So to improv, it was just wrong. Uh, and then the Upright Citizens Brigade were t- teaching at a space uh, five blocks from my apartment. And so that one. Yeah, yeah. Who did you take classes from there? Uh, I took my first, my level one teacher was Ian Roberts. Mm-hmm. And then I had Amy like twice. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then I had Besser... Uh, uh, a couple of times and then I had um, uh, Walsh just once and then I'd and then I'd go back to Amy and then I went back to Ian and right. you know, so I and then I went back to Besser so right. I like I would take all and then, you, and then Armando came and then right that was, that was back then that was fun right. yeah that was, that was the back early then. early days yeah 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 boy shit's shaking out so much over there total I mean everybody I think everybody's doing a great job what do you mean everybody's doing a great job? Well, from where we started, from like when oh, UCB, UCB, UCB started, uh-huh. it was uh, uh, just a, a shoestring. Like, like it was, it's crazy. We had, we had this woman who collected everybody's checks and, um, uh, uh, and would help them. She was like an admin person for them. And going from there to having like the theater with right. a, a space for an office right. and having a real manage a manager somebody managing the school 
to the the behemoth that they kind of have now. It's and then Armando having his what ha- having the the start of the magnet. It's its own. The whole Beautiful world thing. of improvisation has so drastically changed, and but but and go back to that change too. The idea that for each for for each taste there is a place, um, and I'm I'm not. I mean, Frank, I'm not I'm not a UCB person, and I have never well, been. Well, Dave, you say that, but you know what? I, it's all the same. I know it is all We're the same. We're all they're all the same. Yeah, I know that. Even the gro- the groundlings, we, we all teach the same thing. Do you really think that? Because there's an emphasis that people have. You have your own style. I have my own style, sure, too. Sure, sure. And in that style, there is a core from which we teach. I do, do believe that if you're going to look at the big picture, what we're teaching is freedom. We're teaching the freedom to be. The freedom to be who right. it is that you are. The, the, the freedom to open yourself up and define your voice and define your joy. And that's that. Yeah. And, and at the same time, yes, we're all teaching the same thing in that at the foundation if you're not having a good time get the fuck out fuck your fear right uh uh or follow your fear which is uh, another thing i know that armando used to used to say i think we're all we're all teaching uh, we're all saying like like make your partner the most important person in the scene right I think we're all saying, yeah, be be generous, right. work together, say yes. Right. You know, we're basically all teaching the same thing. We and then, are. And then there are nuance. There are like little changes, but I think that I, ultimately we are all teaching the same the same basic message. Right. Which is is you know fuck your fear and dare to be an asshole. Right. I think that's a huge one there, the dare to be an asshole thing. I think really a lot of people have such a hard time with that. Right, and, looking like a fool. Well, I, I think that the, for me the issue is people aren't seeing themselves as acting when they're improvising. So what oh, they're yeah. doing is they're saying, oh, I'm up here and I want to go, no, you're not. You're fucking not up there. You are not on stage. Yourself is not on stage. Your you is not on stage. You're not on stage. Now, if I handed you a script, you would have no problem being a dickhead. You would know if the part was dickhead, uh-huh. you'd be a dickhead. So uh-huh. what's the difference when you are in a scene and your partner wants you to be a dickhead? Oh, oh, I see. You're saying, like, like when I say asshole, I, I mean, like, like, dare to be a fool. Right. Like, dare to, be, dare to look, dare to look crazy or dare to look terrible but that's the whole thing but that like, i'm like, saying uh, yeah that that the uh uh of if your partner has endowed you as a dickhead i think that this is what i find dave if your partner has endowed endowed you to be a dickhead yeah they'll play it at a three right instead of like really being ugly women especially women women have a much harder time being an asshole in a scene and they'll kind of play it mm-hmm. but it's like nobody wants to see a scene about nice people right nobody right. wants Be- to see that scene it's so about nice boring people oh my god oh I'm, my god for me it's the idea of stop being polite yeah because it's oh, a yeah, motherfucking it. lie it's a lie and yeah. sarcasm it's a lie and yes. also i will watch people and you probably see it more than i do because because of the game of the scene. And you'll watch people click into their brain. And you'll yeah. go, no, 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 Don't click in your brain. Don't click into your brain right now. Just flow, let it flow, let it flow. Mm-hmm. And I think people have a hard time with the flow. What? 
Uh, because I watch people go on a fucking flow and then I'll watch them hit a point where they're going, oh my God, their ego kicks in and says, how long can you keep this up? Yeah. And then you watch yeah. them go, Gish, and you watch them slow down. And those of us who've been, like you and I, who've been teaching for so long, we're able to go, I know what you're doing. I've done it. I've seen yeah. it. Stop it. Oh yeah. That's, that's what it is. It's recognize watching more than anything as a teacher. It's watching people make mistakes that I make mm-hmm. and being like, no. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that I'm not still going to make them. Right. But it's it's like, oh, oh, you're doing this thing that I I know that I do. Right. And I I I I recognize it. I see, I see exactly exactly uh uh I see your your thinking. Right. I see what's happening. I see that you're shutting down. <laughs> right, right, right. But when people don't do that, when Don't you want? Don't uh, uh, don't start to worry or don't start to think. When people just react and respond emotionally, holy shit, that's so great. I had a class last night and this girl, man, she had, she was at her child, <laughs> it was a hilarious comedy scene at a child's funeral. Mm-hmm. And she wailed from beginning to end, but still made choices right. that played within uh, within the pattern that we were trying to create mm-hmm. that were funny right. and uh, like I, I just I was so impressed I was so impressed with her level of of commitment and not worrying and never once did it register that oh I'm not I don't think that this is the right choice right. It was just such a simple thing. It was it's amazing. So the idea of I don't think this is the right choice is the wrong choice. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not that it, 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 to to um, engage in I don't think this is the right choice is the worst choice because oh, that yeah. makes it whatever choice you've made the wrong choice. I just because you called it the wrong choice. Oh yeah. Makes it the wrong choice. Yes. Yeah. Or that you're judging that. You know that in the moment, you know, uh, ju- it's not listening. It's not listening to to that voice, or not following your instinct. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Because when you're teaching, like, how, I bet it's been a long time since you taught like a basic, like level one kind of intro class. Uh, what the what I teach lately is has nothing to do with levels. But oh, I understand. Okay. But you're but right. You, but you know, like when you get right. somebody who's never improvised right. before, which I and do. then and then we start working on on elements of support, and you see them do that dance, right? Like on that back line, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right. Hesitate, and then, right. then they stop, and then I'll call scene, and then they'll go, they'll raise their hand, and be like, "Well, what I was gonna do," and right. it's like, "Well, why didn't you fucking do that?" Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that. That you have to listen to your voice, right? And you have to do it in that moment because dancing around you've just become conspicuous you're you, by being con, you're, you've become conspicuous as a way <laughs> of, of kind of saying like i don't think that they're doing it right and and, and i think i should have gone in but now i feel bad about myself <laughs> i think what because what you you said something there is like listening to like following through on that voice listening in that voice yeah, yeah but i think what's important here is to define the voices that we have inside of us because there is a voice that says don't and there's a voice that says do mm-hmm. and to know that the voice that says do lives in our heart our gut and our groin and the voice and it, it's a feeling it, yeah. that voice has a feeling and the feeling that's in the head is not. It's the same feeling that says, it's the, the voice that we've got, to, we've, got, we've got to let these students know about is the same voice that says, here's a smorgasbord of food. Just go. And yeah. that's, I feel like eating that, and I feel like eating it, and I feel like eating that. Not the voice that says, 
okay, the, here's a smorgasbord. What shouldn't you eat? Uh-huh. You know, what's right. bad for you? So the voice of the reaching out and grabbing it, the voice of that voice, that yeah. same fucking voice, as opposed to the voice that says, why would you want to do that now? To yeah, go, yeah. step on it, step on it, jump in it, jump in, jump yeah, in. You, you sh- yeah, you should want to go in and it suck. Right. And that's, and that's a hard thing, I think, for people to embrace. Like, let it be shitty. And then, and then we'll, we'll worry about it. The more you do it, the less shitty it's going to be. But uh, let it be terrible. No. Do you, I don't think that I've had a bad show in probably 25 years. Now, that's what I think. <laughs> that doesn't make it true, but it certainly makes it something so that when I do a, a, a show, I know I'm going to have a good show. So what's the difference there? The difference there is I don't judge what it is that I do. Oh, that's good. That's good. I, I, I would have to, I, I could learn because I can, I think I've had like, like a lot of bad shows. Do you really think that? Oh, oh. What makes it that? I mean, what makes it well, that? Well, one, I, I don't perform that much anymore. Got I don't it. perform that often anymore because I'm not like on a weekly show. Uh-huh. And so I always feel rusty. Uh-huh. And, I'm, and I'm neurotic. And I'm also, I've never not been nervous before an improv show. Really? Never. Really? I would be worried if I were like... It, well, there was a time I was on medication mm-hmm. that, like, an anti-anxiety medication that that kind of that would kill <laughs> that kind of killed like my neuro- pre-show neuroses. But I always feel like, Ugh, really, no. and then it begins and I'm fine. Right. But it's it's just like that pre. That what is pre-show. it? So what is it when you're going through that? Eh, what's going in your head? What's what, like this? Going to oh, suck? Oh, just what we've talked about: uh-huh. judgment. Right. You know the. And uh, and I've gone. There's hills and valleys there of times when that's been really, really, when it's been bad and not so bad, and mm-hmm. when I'm doing really, really well, and 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 when I'm and when I'm not. Now it's not that important to me. Like if I do a show, most of the time it's like like it, it's it's hard. It's eleven o'clock. Right. It's eleven o'clock. Right. I won't do an eleven o'clock Holy show. Holy fuck. I'm not gonna do an eleven o'clock I'm, show. I'm in my late 40s right and an 11 o'clock show kicks my ass like I have to take a disco nap in the middle of the day why are you doing 11 o'clock shows uh because that's when we do improv shows for the most part I see like most of our improv shows who's our uh, uh, at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater Most of day. your shows are most of the shows most are most of the improv I, shows are at 11 like there really? some shows are earlier but I I, I haven't done those shows in a while like or you know it, this is like what's mostly like if somebody was like hey we need somebody to sit in got it or we you know, unless unless somebody needs like a filler or something. I'm 55 I can't do it in a lot of it's hard it's, it's hard I, I might hard. think I'm gonna try it and then I go it's 10 o'clock yeah it's hard it's 10 o'clock now and then it's gonna be what yeah it's it's a big it is a it's a big ask that would be a really good name for a book the big ass Uh, but yeah 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 and and then we do like once a month we do a lottery show or or a faculty show right which is great and that's like on Fridays at Mm -hmm. 5 5 o'clock 5.30 it's like I'm there right you know that's great that is so I can't tell you how great it is to do an improv show and then to come out and be like a drink right a drink <laughs> I on haven't that, even had dinner on you know, that street perfect. dinner on that street that is an awesome street the location yeah, great, of that it's a great 
yeah, that that street is. It's really a great street. I, you know, the idea that that we, I don't know if you make your living teaching, but I certainly I do. I, I make my living teaching and acting. Right. So like, right. yeah, the those two things, uh, uh, teaching, and I also do, and, and I bet you do this too. I also do like personal coaching, like like a performance coaching, when I or do, yeah. um, uh, on ca like teaching people to be comfortable on camera and right. be themselves. Right. I I like it's such an that's such a like a Hollywood job. Uh, uh, that you know that which we have to do that we create for ourselves. That's it. And some people, you know, drive around the widow of Aaron Spelling, and right. that's their Hollywood job. And mine is I go in and I help people seem human on camera. That for me is a huge part of. Uh, for me, I feel like I'm I'm doing exactly what I'm made to do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, have you watched? Have you watched? This is. If for somebody who doesn't like TV, you might be like, what? Make or break the Linda Perry project. No. Okay. You've got to watch it. Uh -huh. Because Linda Perry is doing for bands what I feel like I'm trying to, I try to do as an improv teacher mm -hmm. or certainly as like wow. a coach. It, it's all about like, okay, for her, it's like figuring out what they're, what's missing right. from, from, their, from their package. Or uh, is it the right kind of style of music? Or figuring out, making them commit. I think that's usually what it is. It's like you've got to go further. You've got to go deeper. Right. You've got to watch it. It's amazing. Like, uh, like what's it on? It's on uh, VH1. VH1. Also known as Video Hits One. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna uh, in between the video hits, they have this program. It's also on the internet. All right. That's where I'm gonna watch it. Um, <laughs> that's where you watch it. Yeah. Um, uh, that idea of the commitment, we go back to that. That's just so awesome. The idea of fucking goddamn fucking do it. Yeah. Do it, do it, do it, do I it, do it. I had an acting teacher and her thing, and like I'll, oh, it's, it's always in my head, is get off the fence. Right. That's what she would say. Get off the fence. And I'd be like, what the fuck is she talking about? Get mm -hmm. off the fence. And it wasn't until I started improvising that I was like, oh. Right. It's. It's about really committing right. and really, really putting yourself out there. Uh, I, and it goes back to that voice that to, to not listen, to be aware that there's a voice that's going to be talking to you and you have a choice of whether to listen to it or not. Yeah. And it's that voice that says, ah, ah, ah. it's like it's my, my Aunt Annie used to go, ah, 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 ah. Uh -huh. and it's like that voice and saying, you are always there me yeah. and I don't have to listen to you mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. to be aware in that moment of I get to engage with you or not engage with you yeah. and there's sometimes that I will engage with you but for the most part your eh, 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 is stopping me from doing what the fuck I'm here to do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, women oh that voice is really loud in women really 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 loud you know of this deferential or or like starting to go and then just holding back. What do you think the reason is? I don't think women, you know, are encouraged to be funny. Right. As have like you seen girls. it different? But you've you've seen it change. Uh, definitely, right. and I've also seen the men change. Yes, I have too. How have the men changed? Uh, I think men are, are a lot more aware of it. I, I I have to say, when I was coming up as an improviser, people weren't nearly as nice. As, and, and generous with each other as they are now. Like I think that people realize <laughs> that there's enough to go around. And I also think that people realize that in order for me to keep performing, I've got to be nice so that people ask me. Mm -hmm. And it's also I need to be gracious and giving 
or, or people aren't going to ask me if or, I or go up. Or aren't going to want to work with me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And as it's as it's as we've spread out our as we spread our wings to to get more people and more people have come in. They've come in not because oh one particular thing. They come in because oh this is going to free me. And if I'm nice, I'm going to be and like polite and I'm going to be giving. And the greatest thing that I remember I remember being on main stage at Second City and thinking oh. In order, it might not have been a main stage, but it was like, oh, what I have to do is I've got to give my partner everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I have to, and to really consciously do that of, of taking care of your partner, especially at the, at the top of the scene. And the and idea, how good that feels. Like, the consciousness like something. Yeah. is what you said, because that's what drives me is, are you conscious? Yeah, that's exactly, that's a great word, Dave. Are you con- are you conscious like like not only in the in the scene in the community like it's it's definitely he I I find I find as I've gotten older and I've watched you know students come up in New York and and then and then uh, the same thing here like people are just a lot nicer to each other or a lot kinder to each other and, and there's and it's less com- it's competitive but it's not competitive in the way like when I was coming up where it was a much smaller group of people and it was it could get nasty like people were not the nicest usually frequently I, I so seldom meet people that aren't nice in in improv and I've also been noticing that the people that I've been working with are older because that's oh, the people yeah, that's that I work oh yeah that's fun yeah that's it's, good yeah oh and and just when I when I say people weren't that nice I mean these were good people who maybe we di- didn't necessarily see the best of them frequently. Like people would do things. It was very high school. Mm-hmm. Like the, it, when I started improvising, I had the same kind of feeling that I had in high school. Wow. Like, Ooh. It's so interesting because I didn't. Fe- uh, I I grew up at the beginning uh, in improv uh, as an adult in at at Improv Olympic at I O, and Dell was our teacher. Uh, just at the at the height of his clarity, and at least I thought so. At the height of his clarity, and everyone, for some reason, there was no competition. There was oh, no sense of competition. Amazing. And maybe I was just uh, I was just not paying attention. But I know at Second City there was a lot of competition that I didn't engage in at all because I always felt like every moment that I was on stage there, every moment that I entered that building, was that was all that I wanted was just mm-hmm. to enter that building to work in that building. And if it ended that day, that would have been fine with me. Wow. Wow. Well, that's that's huge. But don't you feel that way about what you're doing now? Oh, I love it. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I would hope that I would always, like, I can't imagine not teaching. That being said, like, I had Amy Poehler. Amy taught me my level two and my first level three. She was hands down the best teacher that I had coming up as an improviser. Was was just as we all know, lit from within, was so positive, so supportive, and yet very firm. It has right. you know, had no problem adjusting the scene or no problem telling us that we were full of shit. Right. Or and no problem, you know, uh uh telling us to commit. Right. Um uh but did it in a in a beautiful way. Right. And Boy, she doesn't. It's sad to me. Like I, I think about this. It's sad to me that she doesn't. 
she's got her she's got a lot going on so she can't she doesn't have time to teach but if she did everybody would be better for it all the other guys still teach right except for Walsh Walsh doesn't teach none does of he? them Ian occasionally teaches I thought that Matt is still teaching but he's not Besser Besser no right. no uh-huh. uh, and uh, oh, like he'll do maybe once a year he'll do right. a workshop with like existing teams right um, and 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 he had a different energy, like like as as a teacher. Ian has a different, like they all have their sure. different. I I learned a lot from all of them. Mm-hmm. But Amy, Amy was the one who said treat each other like gold. Right. You know, she was the one. She would start a start a class out. She would like read a quote of something that inspired her. At the time, uh, uh, uh she was teaching. I think that she was reading um, "Bird by Bird" by Anne Lamott. The writing would, book. Yeah, and she would. Uh, and I had a writing class with her, and she would mm-hmm. like quote from that, and we would like, and we would do exercises. So she, she always encouraged us to to read and to find our um, inspiration in other places, not just in the scene. It's so interesting because that was such a Dell thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Is the idea that Dell would come and I was reading this book on. X that had nothing to do with theater or improvisation at all, yeah. and he would at the beginning of every uh, at the beginning of every session. I think maybe I'm just seeing this at the beginning of every session, but I remember him having the discussion a few times where he would say, "All right, what are people reading?" And everybody would say what they were reading, mm-hmm. and he would know every fucking book that everybody was reading, and know other books by that author, and be able to engage in that conversation because it, it what we do is not yes, it's about theater but it's also about being alive yeah. it's about getting inspiration from everywhere so we go back to the word conscious are you conscious of being alive in the world are you conscious of being alive in the world that exists outside of improvisation or are yes. you focused on that fucking thing because that's a huge issue to me or like that you just you hit the nail on the head Dave you have to have a life outside of this fucker you can't just be doing improv right you can't just be doing comedy You've got to know what the fuck is going on, it, like in in other art, in other like uh, artistic areas. You like have knowledge, read, read. It's amazing to me how many people don't read. Right. It's just like it's going to make you a better improviser if you want to be a better improviser. Read, read. You should always be reading. Something. It's so interesting how every book that I'm reading, every book that I've read, has has seeped into an improv scene that I've done. A detail, just a fucking little detail. Yeah, specifics. That's what it's it's good. Right. That's what it's there for. Like, I I always... What are you reading now? I'm reading What Makes Sammy Run. Oh, I read that. Right, I'm loving it. I love. I, I read that. I'd never. I never read it in school. Like I was like, oh, I don't, I don't. I yeah. The, the the copy that I have is somebody's college copy, and they have they've noted in the margins and everything, and I'm like. Oh, how come I didn't read this? They've book been trying to make that into a movie for a long time. What's the author's name? Uh, it's uh, 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 oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It's him. It's yeah. him. Yeah. Um, On right. the waterfront. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, that guy. Yeah. God damn it. We got to do it now because everybody's going to be wondering what the fuck <laughs> this. Uh, hold on. I'm going to do this now. This is so horrible. Um, uh, uh, oh, come on. <sighs> Come on. Everybody's going, they're screaming yeah. at the, everybody's screaming yeah, at right yeah, now. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're what makes talking. Sammy run? What makes Sammy run? Oh. Here, watch this. Here. Who wrote What Makes Sammy Run? <laughs> Bud Schulberg. Bud, Bud Schulberg. Yay. Bud Schulberg. Yeah. yeah. He, and that fucker named names. Yeah. Yeah. 
He named names. Yeah. He named names, and that was Bud Schulberg. But I loved, I loved that. And and but here's now. There's a story. His of, short stories also really good. That's a that is an industry book. It's about the industry, right? But it's also about the hum, about humans in the industry. Mm -hmm. So it's not a primer on how to make it. It's a primer no. on you know. It's it's your classic story. Yeah. Yeah. It's great specifics. Right. Hollywood. I don't think it's changed that much. Nope, nope. Well, there's a desperation. There's a desperation that people have in living. And the people that I know, and you look at people like, like certainly Amy and Walsh and those guys from UCB, and you go, those fuckers have a drive. They have a goddamn drive, and nobody is there to tell Amy that she can't do it. And to go back know. to women in comedy, I think so often they're, they're, that role model didn't exist. And when I started at, uh, doing improv, in uh, 82, 83, 84, I mean, you said, who's the nurse? And a woman came in. Now you say, yeah. who's the nurse? And a guy can come in. Yeah. It's like, here's a judge. And a guy came in. Now you say, here's the judge. And a woman comes in. Right. And, and you know, and, and but I was just in Australia. And there oh, are women. you. I was, yeah, I was teaching there. <coughs> and <coughs> this guy, these people in this troop were treating their women like they weren't fucking listening to their women. And I gave notes afterwards. Oh. They said, Guys, knock it the fuck off. You're n you knock it off. Stop it. Are you aware that she was standing there and you didn't listen? Ladies, are you aware that you were fucking standing there and not not saying, listen to me, <laughs> fucking listen to me, yeah. listen to me? Stop it. Oh, Get off the fence. Get off the fence. My first improv class, I lied and I said that I had taken improv before mm -hmm. and I had never done anything. And it was like a workshop that Tina Tina had just moved to New York. Tina Fey. So Tina, it was Tina Fey. Mm -hmm. and Amy had put it together and it was all it was an all women's workshop. Sure. And then Tina, they we did scenes and then the last forty five minutes or so, we sat around in a circle on the stage mm -hmm. and everybody started. It was just like a bitch session. It was. Mm -hmm. It was like like what are the issues that you're having playing with these dudes? Right. And then and I had not had my first real improv class yet. So this was my education of watching all of these women one at a time. You're like nobody. I'm ignore. People ignore my initiations. I'll start to initiate, and somebody, and then this guy, he'll uh, ignore it, uh, uh, or I'll get my initiation out, and he'll ignore it and just do his own. Or um, I'm constantly, you know, made a hooker, mm -hmm. or I'm I'm constantly made, you know, a wife or girlfriend, which right. women do themselves all the time. But like, I had all this. Oh, this this is the shit that's gonna happen. Right. This is this is what's gonna happen. And so I went into class. Like, don't you fuck with me. And I was already like 10 years older than everybody else. Right. So on my first team, I was in a team with like young guys and then a couple of guys who were like my age. But I never had a problem. Right. I never, I never had a problem. But I know that that is a problem. I and think I know that it exists. What you did was you showed people how, how to treat you. Yeah, I think so. I think so because I, I was looking for it. Right. You were looking for that poking, and you, you were looking for the, that somebody being I ignoring was looking, your... I was waiting for somebody to try to marginalize right. me. Right. Got it. Oh, great word. Waiting, marginalize you, to marginalize you. We cannot do this. We can't be artists and be marginalized. No. We can't let ourselves be marginalized. Right, yeah. You can't, you cannot. And if somebody does, like if somebody makes you a whore... You've got to be like the dirtiest, right. the dirtiest, the most like crustiest, disgusting whore 
so that they'll never do it again. Right. Right. You know, right. you've got to teach them a lesson. Right. And you also have to teach them that I am not to be fucked with. Yeah. I am not to be fucked with. I am not to be fucked with. But you know what? There's some but people. Say it in the mirror, Dave. <laughs> I, I don't am like. Not I'm to afraid be... that guy in the mirror is going to yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it in my car. Um, but there's some people that I'm looking at going, I, I can't play with you anymore because you you're not listening to me. There's oh, certain yeah. people that go, I'm not going to play with you anymore oh, yeah. because you keep. You keep You're not engaged. trying to marginalize me. You keep trying to make this scene about you. You keep trying to make this scene about what you fucking want to make this scene about. Mm-hmm. And I won't play that anymore. Don't. Don't. Like, I only, I only, I just want to have fun. And when I do a show, when I do do something, I have fun. And here's another thing. If you don't have fun, don't play with those assholes anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I work with who I want to work with. Right. And that's, that is a luxury. Because the only mistake you make in improv is casting. <laughs> oh, God, that's so true. It's so true. People should put themselves together. You know, even though it, Sometimes that doesn't work either. Well, I never have an open-ended run. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Because you've oh, got to get rid God. of that. You know what? People get married to, like, they, they, they feel oh. like they have to stay with these certain people. And it's like, that's I have, not good for you. In I have a group that we've stayed together. We've stayed together for 15 years. Oh, that is that is good. Yeah, Stacey's not here. We stayed together for 15 years. Right, but, but you don't do a weekly show with We them. did do a weekly show. We haven't in a long time because because people moved. Uh-huh. Because Dee moved to, uh, Dee Ryan, do you know Dee? No. Okay, Dee moved back to Chicago, or she moved to Chicago, back to Chicago. So that was like, ah, we can't put the group back together uh-huh. again. But it was, we had a weekly show. And the weekly show was essentially this. We rehearsed. Yeah. Uh, what? That's crazy. And we we self-crit at the end of the show. And we were gentle with each other. And that was it. And we're also motherfucking adults. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. That's impressive. It's unique. Most of the shows I know don't rehearse. Of, of like long-running shows. Right. They're, they don't rehearse. But then I, I look at somebody like Dazariski. Right. Boy, God, I love them. Me too. God, I love them. Yep. Yep. They're, they are, to me, the example of... They're There's a kindness that they have each other. You never see them arguing in a scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that they can't, but that you never see them arguing in a scene. They really play so fucking smart. They're just, they are so generous with one another. And that right there, the idea of being generous with each other. Mm-hmm. Because I think that people aren't generous because they think, if I'm generous, I'm going to be fucked over. Yeah. And that's just so not what we do. No, it's I really think. socialism. It's also Buddhism, but it's also socialism, the idea that there is enough in the collective for everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet there... And the, the youngins think that they got to get their rocks off or their jokes out or their laughs, and you go, yeah, okay, but at the, at the sake of what? Yeah, and now what? And now what? Yeah, and now what? It's like... Getting your premise out, you still have to have a scene. Right. And that's, I think, you know, in, in playing the game, the people, I think, struggle with the most at that in those early stages. Okay, you've got your cockamamie premise out. Right. Now, it's like, that doesn't mean you have a game. Right. It also it means, means where, you have cockamamie premise out. Right. You've got your list. Um, but it's where's your heart? Yeah. 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 Let's make the scene interesting. Great, let's end there. All right. Because that was interesting. Thank you wow, so that much. that was so fast. That's how it goes. Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on Dave, you can go to his website at www.davidrosowski.com or follow Dave on Twitter at drosowski.